0: Hello, and welcome to the Embassy City Podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Now here's Pastor Tim. Ladies and gentlemen, would you welcome for the first time in the building, our Pastor Elect, Tim
1: Rivers!
0: (laughs) All right, so check this out. So this is literally the very first time we have been in the building on a Sunday morning together. Every single time he has come to preach, I have been gone. So when we pulled up in the parking lot 45 seconds apart, I was like, what are you doing? (laughs) I was like, oh, yeah, this is happening. So we are so grateful. We are so honored. I am so happy. I am so proud. And uh, you are my pastor. You are Juliet's pastor. And we could not be happier. Would you please say something?
1: Well, what's up family? (laughs) Y'all, so I'm gonna try to make this quick because I've been crying for like a week straight and I have no more tears. Uh, But can we give it up first and foremost for Tim and Juliet? Come on. So, you know, I was praying about, like, you know, what do you say? And as the first time to actually address y'all, like, what do you say? And I felt like the Lord um, just dropped something in my spirit uh, to tell you all that we are well able to take the promises that God has for us. And over the last seven years, uh, Pastor Tim and Juliet have... Absolutely done a wonderful job building the foundation and pouring into this amazing church. And when we came, when Janice and I came for the very first time in March to preach, you know, we walked off. See, here it goes. It's about to happen. It's about to happen. These tears are about to come. But we walked away from here, and we said, when when God calls us to lead pastor, we want the church to be like Embassy City. And this is before any conversation ever happened. And lo and behold, it's exactly what God's doing. And I believe that God is about to do some amazing things in this church. Here's the thing. Transition, the the picture of transition, and I'm not going to preach. A couple weeks ago, uh, uh the, the picture of transition is when music is being played and it changes keys. The music doesn't stop. It just changes keys. And so all the prayers that these two have prayed and you've prayed and all the faith has been poured in, we're about to see God unleash all that things in this next season. And somebody say Amen. And I love you all so much. Janice Janice isn't able to be here today, but we love you. And we know that this season that you're about to step into is going to be absolutely phenomenal because I believe that churches and ministries and marriages and all types of people are going to benefit from you all being obedient and stepping into what God's called you to do. So thank you so much. We already love you so much. God bless you. I can't wait. I can't wait. There you go. yes this
0: is good so y'all 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 yeah yeah yeah, yeah. y'all sit down because i got to go to work so 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 we have two pastors for uh three months don't make it weird okay you invite some people here just be like yeah yeah we got a pastor what's his name tim God made it like super easy for us. So, so uh, I, I want to calibrate uh, what's happening over uh, the next few months. So I'm preaching this weekend. I'm preaching next weekend. Uh, and then Tim will speak the last two weekends in October. And you're going to hear a shift in my voice. You're going to be, you're going to uh, get used to Tim's voice as he's speaking, but you're going to hear a shift in mine. And the shift you're going to hear in my voice is from that of a pastor to that of an apostle. It's not deep. I'm not about to grow like a long white beard. I'm not going to come in here next week with no robe on. Um, uh, uh, It simply means that uh, I I feel like some of my responsibility outgoing is uh, to set the house in order. Uh, and so uh, that tone may feel a little firmer to you. You may be like, uh, I'm not used to it. Why is he, seems like he's, I'm not mad. Uh, but but I'm, just, I'm just setting the house in order. I'm calibrating you uh, so that when Tim steps into uh, this season fully as the lead pastor, uh, that the house is in order. So I'm going to say things that he cannot say. I'm going to say things he should not have to say. And if it feels like you got popped upside your head, it means you did. And I ain't taking it back. the shoe fits, wear it. Uh, uh, but in that context, let us go to the Word of God. But before we do, let's make some declarations. So get your Bibles. Get your Bibles. Toss them up real high. If you got a heavy Bible, your fault. If you got a cell phone, put it up. If it's an Apple, put it way up. If it's an Android, it's okay. Just just put it up and believe God. If he can turn water into wine, he can turn... He can turn that green robot into something else. If you don't have a phone, if you don't have a Bible, just put your arm in the air. Just put, put your hand in the air. Don't wave it though, you ain't at the club. <laughs> real high, real high, real loud, real loud. Today, today louder. Today, today the, Holy the Holy Spirit is gonna speak to me, speak to me about, change. about change. After today, After today I, will I will know and fully understand, fully understand that, God that God is the God. Is of my seasons, seasons. not one of them, not two of them, not three of them, them. all of them, them. and I will will embrace embrace every season season. He he leads me into. All right, let's go. Let's go. Go with me to the book of Ecclesiastes, book of Ecclesiastes chapter number three. I want to read eight verses in your hearing, and then I'll give you the title. We'll pray and see what the Lord will say. Ecclesiastes chapter number three, starting at the first verse, here's what it says. For everything, there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest, a time to kill A time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be quiet and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. If you're taking notes on this message, four words, very simple, a time to change. I want to talk to you today about a time to change. Bow your heads. Let's pray over the word, shall we? Uh, Holy Spirit, help us to embrace change. Amen. Amen. Solomon writes the book of Ecclesiastes, and uh, if you were to read it straight through without any significant time to allow the nuances and uh, the words to really settle in, Uh, The book of Ecclesiastes sounds like the most cynical book in the entire Bible. Straight up, it sounds like uh, Solomon, after amassing all his wealth and having all of his wisdom, concludes that all of life is meaningless, it's just a vapor, and why are we even here in the first place? We might as well eat, drink, and be merry because it's all for nothing. But upon further investigation, if you read chapter number one, what he is trying to introduce and open up for us to pontificate, delicious word, four syllables, use it. If y'all know what it means, look it up, pontificate. Um, He wants us to settle in and start to really digest what it is to live life around the themes of time around the themes of suffering, around the themes of change, around the themes of death. He doesn't want us to just see it happen and us not have a context to what it means. And so uh, as I began to think about the season that we're in, the changes that God is making in this house, in our lives, I thought it would be good to get context so that we understand where God wants to take us. So I have two points to this message. Please write them down. Point number one, very, very simple, very, very basic. Everything has a season. Everything has a season. I don't care how much you enjoy the season that you're in, whatever it may be, it will change. I don't care how good it is right now, it will change. I don't care how bad it is right now, it will change. Some of you all might be like, no, 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 don't say that, sir, because uh, this is the longest season I have ever been in in my entire life. Anybody beside me had a season that you thought was never going to end? I've been broke a long time, Lord. Huh? I come from generations of brokenness, sir. When's this season going to change for me? Spoiler alert, when you change. (laughs) It already started. I didn't even think it was going to happen that fast, but it already started. The seasons are important. God established the seasons in the beginning. You go back to Genesis chapter number one. He literally established the seasons in the beginning. So that there would be markers for us to understand what happens in those seasons. The entire Jewish calendar is literally set according to agricultural Seasons. They celebrate all of their major festivals around seasons. And it is in those seasons that you get to explore all that God wants to do in the spring, in the summer, in the fall, and in the winter. You find out things when seasons change that you would never find out if they never do. This is why I tell all uh, uh, couples that get together when they're dating uh, and they're so in love, I just tell them, uh, make sure you see all four seasons first. Because when you meet somebody, it's springtime. Everything is new. Hummingbirds are buzzing. Eyes are fluttering. Spring is in the air. Birds are chirping. Dogs are barking. Cats are meowing. Lions are roaring. <laughs> How long is he going with the animal references? I could go forever, actually. It's all good in the spring, yeah. it's new. Uh-huh. Then, after spring, comes summer, and passion takes in. You're just hot. <laughs> makeup on. You're hot. No makeup on. You're hot. Dressed up, you're hot. Shirt off, you're hot. Ooh, you're just hot. And then it falls. And this is where most people break up and re-up because they only fell in love with two seasons. I like spring and I like summer, but I don't like when it changes. I don't like when it falls. I hate the fact that you didn't respond instantaneously to my text. And the leaves start to change and you start to see them in a light that is completely different than the light that you first fell in love with them in. And if you're not ready to embrace change, this is when you break up looking for spring again. So the change comes. And if you get adjusted to the change, you're like, oh, well, oh, I don't like the fact that you get hangry from time to time. I'm starting to figure out a little bit about your trauma. You, you get petty. You, 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 you bark real loud. You're a runner. You're a track star. <laughs> I thought those were just some nice Nikes, but I see spikes on the bottom of them. You, you ready to sprint right now? (laughs) And if you do get past the change of the season, most people can't endure winter. When it gets cold. When you wake up in the morning and you don't feel in love. You think something's wrong. We must not be compatible for each other anymore. I don't have the same spark that I had when I first met you. Nothing's wrong with the relationship. It's just winter. Get a coat. (laughs) It will be warm again. But if you can't embrace the season that you're in, you will miss what God's trying to teach you. My oldest son, Nathan, is 14 years old. Uh, I can remember like it was a few hours ago, him being born. I was over the doctor's shoulder for both of my kids' birth. I watched the baby come out of Juliet. I cut the umbilical cord. And they cleaned that joker off. And they put him... Literally, his head fit in the palm of my hand, his little legs was dangling right below my elbow, and I just, I was walking around with this child in my right hand as if he was a football with the pride of a million lions. I have a man child. (laughs) God has blessed the Ross generation to go on for another so proud of that child. I remember him. His head was right here. He is five, seven and a half today. He could wear my shoes three months ago, he can't now. I prayed to be six feet. <laughs> the Lord went right past me at five foot nine inches and threw all those prayers on him. I said, sir, I wasn't talking about him. I wanted that for me. This dude is on pay, he gonna be about six-four. Can't ball at all. So I don't know. <laughs> God must have a completely different plan for his life. He better win a Fortnite tournament or something cause he, what he can't do is play basketball. <laughs> But if I didn't appreciate baby Nathan, I would resent teenage Nathan. See, if you don't embrace the season you're in, you will literally get stuck when God's trying to move. Because what you don't properly grieve, you will never properly leave. I know people in this room that are single right now for one reason and one reason only, you're stuck. Ooh, it got quiet. (laughs) (laughs) You are copying and pasting your your past experience to your present situation. And you cannot see clearly because you never let go of what was to embrace what you have now. As the writer begins to, to write through this, there was a there was a a line that I just thought was perfect for us in the time that we are going through. It said that there's a time to heal, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to grieve and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them right here, a time to embrace and a time to turn away. In Middle Eastern culture... Uh, this passage would have had more significance uh, in their context than it does for us at first blush. Because a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing uh, has to do with the fact that uh, in Middle Eastern culture, there is a lot of public displays of affection. So a lot of uh, hand... uh, Uh, holding, a lot of uh, hugging, a lot of kissing when you greet somebody, when you leave somebody, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. Another way that this particular sentence could be translated is this, a time for hellos and a time for goodbyes. And here's the thing that I've learned in my lifetime. People are really excited about hellos. They have a really hard time with goodbyes. Don't say goodbye, just say see you later.
1: <laughs>
0: Me and you shall never part. <laughs> <laughs> right? What? Right? Get off my land. I had to do the whole scene since I started it. If you haven't seen Color Purple, that's your homework for this week, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. We're really good with hellos, we're not that good with goodbyes. Anybody graduated high school? Maybe I shouldn't have you raise your hand, just in case. (laughs) I don't know, life can get hard sometime. Some of y'all are like, I'm about to get my GED, man. Don't worry about it. Right? God's working on me. It was, I, was, I was late to the party. Okay. Do you, do you remember your senior year? Last day of school? Okay. I don't know if anybody comes from the generation I come to come from but senior year last day of school yearbooks got passed around and there was shaving cream I don't know where the shaving cream came from but there were copious amounts of shaving cream for no reason that I know to this day but it was out there okay and 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 you were right in the back of the yearbook on the blank pages like oh, I'm gonna miss you Ugh. and you would leave your home phone number home phone number <laughs> landline how old am I right now, okay? And, and, and so you would write your home phone number in the back, and then I would just see the girls crying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to miss you so much. <laughs> they just are crying. And I'm like, what is the problem? Y'all live two houses down from each other. You crying like you're never going to see them again. And y'all about to walk home together. <laughs> You're going to come out of your house tomorrow. She lived two doors down on the same side. You're going to see her tomorrow. I couldn't appreciate what they were crying over. They were saying goodbye to the season. Not each other. Just the season. They were crying because it ain't going to be the way that it was. We're not going to share first period together and go to A lunch. And then after A lunch, we ain't going to be in P.E. together. Fifth period, sweating off all our makeup. We shouldn't even put it on, but we did it anyway. We don't want to take a shower in the creepy public bathroom because we don't know. (laughs) (laughs) We're just saying goodbye to what was. And if you don't embrace goodbyes, you can't embrace hellos. You can't embrace the newness of what God wants to give you. And so even the season that we're going through, it's okay. You, you can, yay, that's fine. You, okay, okay, I'm going to miss what was. Okay, greed that, that's okay. And then leave it. Because there is no follow-up cake. I, I, I just want you to know, we don't have another 1,100 Bundt Cakes to keep, make sure you are right through the whole three months. You get more cake, more, you're going to be all right. You can white raspberry. Okay, here you go. <laughs> oh, you want the lemon? <laughs> you want two? You greedy. <laughs> there is no follow-up cake. I hope you got your portion. <laughs> Last week, I hope you ate it, and I hope you felt what you felt. The season's changing. And if you're okay with the season changing, you can be okay with God doing something new for you, in you, through you, to you. So I want to give you point number two. Then I want to read you this passage. Point number two, please write this down. Seasons change. Point blank, period. Seasons change. Here's what it says in Matthew chapter number 16, verse number 21. From then on, Jesus began to tell his disciples, let me, let me paint this, let me slow down. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So, so, so Matthew chapter number 16, uh, this is where uh, uh, Jesus does the pop quiz with his disciples and, and he says, hey, who do men say that I am? And they're like, well, some say that you are this and that and the other. And he goes, great, 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 great. Who do you say that I am? And Peter, who had just walked on water, either a few days ago or a couple of weeks ago, he was like, I I know the answer to this. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. You are the Messiah that the Old Testament has prophesied. You are right here in front of my face. I know that's you. I was standing on water. And he goes, good job, Peter. Flesh and blood did not reveal that to you. My father in heaven has revealed that to you. You know what? As a matter of fact, I'm going to change your name. You shall no longer be called Simon. You shall be called Peter. You are a rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And I'm handing you the keys to the kingdom. This is a good day for Peter. Ooh, 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 that was good. The Holy Spirit just said, when I trust you with more revelation, I can also trust you with more contextualization. The more revelation I give you, the more responsible you are for the context that comes with it. So Jesus did not start breaking down what was next for him until they got a greater revelation of who he was. And when they did, it says this, starting at the 21st verse. From then on, from the time they got this revelation, Jesus began to teach his disciples plainly, That it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem and that he would suffer many terrible things at the hands of the elders, the leading priests and teachers of religious law. He would be killed, but on the third day he would be raised from the dead. But Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. Heaven forbid, Lord, he said, this will never happen to you. Now, can I just pause? Can you imagine talking with Jesus and he gives you a revelation that you don't particularly like and your response is to grab him by the elbow? Come over here. Let me holler at you for a second. Rabbi, teacher, Messiah, son of God. Hey man, I heard what you just said in front of all the people now. And uh, you know, I might be feeling myself a little bit. Just changed my name, gave me some keys. Now you talking about you gonna die. (laughs) Not on my watch. I wish. I know you heard it in your head. (laughs) I wish they would. You're not gonna die. It sounds noble. It sounds protective. It sounds like loyalty. But Jesus hears something completely different. His tone changes. And after the affirmation of him receiving this incredible revelation, bestowing upon him a name that would be befitting for what he would do in the future giving him something spiritual like keys that would unlock stuff natural and tangibly in the earth realm. Jesus turned to Peter and said, get away from me, Satan. Can we just go slow? (laughs) This is a bad day for Petey. It's too many emotions and the roller coaster just went the wrong way. I mean, you have just answered something that 4,000 years of human history has been waiting to hear. You got your name changed, and you got keys to the kingdom. You are now not even. Simon, you are Peter. But before it could even, if he wrote it down, before the ink could dry, it sounds like Jesus called him Satan. Can you imagine him going, wait a minute, sir, uh, It's Simon. I think think what you just said was Satan, but I'm sure. Maybe you're not used to the new name you just gave me. It should be Peter. So you probably meant Simon, Satan. Then he says this, you are a dangerous trap to me. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. He said, hey man, I appreciate the revelation you just got. I'm not taking the keys back. I'm not, uh, I'm not like that, but I do want to let you know. You're being influenced by another spirit. Peter, I'm not calling you Satan, but I know who just whispered in your ear. Based on the sound of your voice, I know who just whispered in your ear, and it was not my dad. It was Satan and I need him to step back. I need you to be closer to my voice and much further to his, because if you keep saying that, you are a trap to me. I cannot allow you to impede me from doing what God has called me to do. Simon, Peter, I was made to do this. I was sent here to do this. This is part of God's plan for my life. It sounds terrible, I know. But in three days, I'm going to rise again. I promise you, I'm going to get up with all power in my hand. It sounds crazy. You just got here. You are just now getting a revelation of who I am. You, are, you just got here and you like, how are you leaving? You just got here. I just got a revelation of Jesus. Now I know who he is in a more dynamic way and you leave it? Be careful what you comment. I'm not calling me Jesus and I'm not calling you Peter. But I want to warn us all not to be a dangerous trap to what the Lord clearly has called us to do. God has clearly called me to go to an apostolic missionary role. God has clearly called Tim to lead this church. And all I'm telling you is be careful what you comment. I may never hear it, but he will. And I don't want you to get reprimanded like Peter did. I don't want nobody in here in their devotion time to hear, get behind me, Satan. And you got on worship music and you like, he won't fail. He won't fail. He won't. And then you hear, then take your mouth off of this. Fix your attitude. Stop complaining. Because if you can't handle this change, you won't be able to receive what I want to do in this change. Everybody do like this. Open-handed ministry. This has always been my philosophy on anything that God has given me. With an open hand, God can put something in your hand. Why? Because your hand's open. But here's how most people think they're supposed to hold what God gives them. This is not how you hold what God gives you. When your hand's open, he can put something in your hand. Well, then if I don't hold it like this, how am I supposed to hold it? Steady. I don't have to do this to hold anything God gives me. All I got to do is keep my hand steady. That's why you got to be on a firm foundation. That's why you can't be shaken with doubt and with fear. Because then you'll drop what he's given you. But if you can be steady, if you can be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, that means he can always trust to put something in your hand. And he can always trust that when it's time to take it out of your hand, he won't fight with you. But here's what I've seen most people do, especially in a season that they love. They white knuckle this thing. The Lord gave it to me. It's man. When your hands open, God can put something in your hand. If you keep it steady, God to keep it in your hand. When it's time to transition, he'll take it out of your hand. Smooth. This is the easiest transition I've ever done in my entire life. Ain't nothing about this transition been hard. Has it been hard? It ain't been hard. But if I was to do this, i get in a tug of war with God. Who gonna win that one? I'm gonna lose all the meat right here. I'm telling you, he gonna do, he gonna yank one time. I'm gonna lose all this here, all this going away. It's just gonna be nasty pink flesh, white meat. All right there. (laughs) Everybody do this. How many things have you missed God depositing into you? Because you still like this. September uh, 4th. Uh, we, uh, the 11 o'clock, we, we, 11 o'clock service, we had a move of God. I didn't even preach the same sermon that I did at the nine o'clock and people gave their life to Jesus during worship and at the end, everybody came up uh, to get filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It was a dope weekend. And so I'm in the back, I'm sitting, I'm sitting down. I'm just, you know me, I'm, I, I cry. It's too easy. I'm mean, like, oh, thank you Jesus. Oh Jesus, you're so good. And the parking lot is like all the way empty and so I walk out and two of our most faithful ambassadors uh, happened to be right outside of Guest Central. And um, they were like, yo, we heard the services were good. We heard the nine o'clock was good. We heard the 11 o'clock was good. We couldn't, we, we didn't get to hear either one of them because uh, both services were in overflow. I mean, people have been coming here. They have been flying here uh, from different states. They have been driving two, three hours away to come to service. And, it, and she said, and they all got one thing in common, Tim. I said, what? And she said, the basement. And so in my heart, because I had to keep a poker face for a whole year, imagine that. It wasn't time to get, we were like a month away from the announcement, so, so, so when she said that, she said, they all got one thing in common, Tim. I said, what? She said, the basement. And the first thing that I said in my heart was, then why am I leaving? And then the second thing I said was, my bad, God. Anybody beside me, have you ever thought something in your head? It never came out of your mouth, but you knew God heard it? You were like, whoo. Sir, I I heard that too. I just want to acknowledge I heard what you heard. I know you know my thoughts from afar off. So you probably saw that one coming. I didn't. I got so shook because I was like, I don't, I'm not, I I didn't even know I was going to say that out of my heart. But it needed to come out. It was like, you you need the question answered why am I leaving? If everything's good. Why am I leaving? The Holy Spirit said, I don't I am not offended in the least, Tim, that you would ask that question. Let me answer it for you. He said, You're leaving because I don't want you to carry two burdens. Right. And you know what I thought about? I thought about all these superhero pastors. Wow. Doing everything. Wow. Everywhere. Well wow. At all times. They're doing more than what God has intended them to do. Marriage is on the rocks. Kids don't like them at all because they ain't seen them. They've done 250,000 miles in a year. They've preached the glorious gospel all around this planet. (laughs) When you, when you ask them, how are you doing? They can't even answer you without giving you the entire itinerary. I'm, Doc, you know, it's just been busy. You know what I'm saying? Did a revival last week, but you know, uh, coming up is a conference that I'm doing in Singapore. God's using me in a mighty way. And I'm like, I did not ask you all of that. <laughs> but when the Holy Spirit said, I don't want you to carry two burdens, here's what I remembered. Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light, which is the truth until you start doubling and tripling up on them. And where you were only supposed to have this in your hand, I see people walk. And then when it all crumbles, they have the nerve to blame God. I was doing this work for the Lord and and God was using me and then you, you know the devil just came in the devil didn't come in you came in You messed yourself up because when he got ready to hand you something new you didn't put down what was in your hand already I don't want to be reprimanded by God I don't want to be the superhero pastor I don't want him to yell at me. Move, Tim! Get out the way. I thought one person would've... Y'all been with me the whole time and now you deep. Mm. What comes after that? I don't... (laughs) But when God moves, I move. Okay, now we got you back. you go I lost you and got you back all in the 60 seconds y'all are so good so I don't have another one y'all ready now y'all like "Mm -hmm." (laughs) which one you coming with next I don't have another one I'm good so the season's changing he's told us what this will be and now we have the opportunity to respond. The greatest moves of God that I've ever seen in my life have always come when I've been submitted to his changes. The Holy Spirit told me in June of 1997 to buy a one-way ticket to Dallas two days before I was coming to Dallas to visit. I was supposed to be out here for a month, and um, two days before I left, I was in my prayer time, and the Holy Spirit said, buy a one-way ticket to Dallas. So I submitted it to my parents, because I've always been submitted at every stage of my life. That's why it was important for us to show uh, uh, Pastor Robert Morris' words with me standing next to him, because just in case anybody thinks anything, we're going to silence all the lambs. It's a double entendre. Stay with me. He said, Bible, why do to take it to Dallas? My parents released me uh, because they were also my pastors. I was old enough to do what, do what I wanted because they were my, also my pastors. I had to respect that office that they have in my life. And so I submitted it to them. They said, we were just your babysitters. You've never belonged to us. We were just keeping you until God's call took you where you needed to go. They pastored a church that, that, that uh, had less than 100 people, they raised $400 for me, and they bought me a Greyhound bus ticket. I packed the three suitcases, took the $400, I spent two and a half days getting from California to Texas, and I've been here ever since. Every promise God had for me was in me embracing that change. I found my wife in 98. We got married in 99. I was at the Potter's house for 13 and a half years. If it wasn't for that season of my life, I would not be who I am today. God molded me. He shaped me. He made me be the person I am in that house. It's a season that I'll never forget. I'll never diminish. And then in 2008, he said, it's time for another change. I thought it was going to be change of position, but we prayed through it all of 09. And in 2010, he said, this is going to be your last year at the Potter's house. Y'all. My future was set. But I don't have a career. I have a calling. If I was trying to make a career move, I'd still be there. But because I have a calling... And because I've never made any platform I've stood on an idol, it means I can walk on it and walk off. It don't make me. My identity has never been in this church. My identity has never been on this platform. So it's easy for me to walk away because I've never made this my identity. My identity is in Jesus. And so 2010 was our last season, and we transitioned. And if I wouldn't have transitioned... I would have missed Australia, Singapore, South America, Canada, the Caribbean, the UK, Malaysia. And then he took me from, like, the blackity black church. (laughs) And without ever leaving the Metroplex... took me to, like, the widest of white churches. And he said, this is where I want you to be. Juliet and I didn't even want to go to Gateway. We, Juliet said, I don't like that worship. She said, it's too wordy. It sounds like a journal. They just need to write that down. She was like, where's the hook? Where's the vamp? I don't even... Three months later, she was in there, Why? For one reason and one reason only. We embrace change. So I, ooh, thank you, Holy Spirit. I didn't let my cultural preference stop me from being led to where God went. Y'all better. I wish you would. Let me just throw a grenade since I'm at it. Some of y'all single right now, because you still have a racial preference. I told you it was grenade. Mm-hmm. You could have been married. Ooh. Ooh, it's tight. I felt that thing on me. I, that wasn't even for me, and I'm like, oh, Jesus. Please help the people. Okay, 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 okay. So I got over there in South Lake. South Lake. Listen, listen. And I walked up in there. What y'all do over here? What y'all be doing over here? And God endeared me to them people in the same way I was on the south side of town. Because I was open to change. And then the Holy Spirit said, now I want you to go plant a church in Irving, Texas. I had no idea at the time that the zip code that we were planning this church in is one of the most racially diverse zip codes in the United States of America. Well, I come from L.A., so I'm used to being around all races. But when I got down here to Texas, I was like, oh, segregation was real down here. (laughs) I moved here in 1996. I was like, oh, y'all was serious about that segregation thing. Because I was looking around. I was like, where is everybody else? I'm from Cali, I, I, I moved from Cali to Oak Cliff. I moved to Oak Cliff, I was looking around, I was like, is there, is there a white person anywhere? Where are the Mexicans at? Where are the Asians at? Where are the Indians at? I need everybody, where are they? And they were like, where well, the white people is up north, around there, off the tollway and stuff. And then uh, the Hispanics is east. And the Asians is wherever we at because they just giving us the service that we all need. So we got hair over here, nails over here. So he took me from blackity black to whitey of white. And then brought me to Irving. Why? Because he wanted this church to look like heaven. And despite the cultural differences, despite all of the the different backgrounds and the ethnicities and the experiences, we have pushed past all of that to be the church that God wants to see when we get to heaven. So then the Lord is so obnoxious that he's like, hey, Tim, y'all are starting this church and I know that you are in a intercultural relationship because y'all look at Juliet, Juliet is fine, but Juliet is not African American. That is not like a black girl from America. She is Afro-Caribbean. You may not think there's a difference. Oh, I'm here to tell you there is. (laughs) Listen, we got married, And I thought that mocha skin was like enough of a connection and I found out, oh no, you, okay, you different. That's, okay, is that how Jamaicans, I don't know anything about that. I'm American, I don't know, I don't know what are you doing. I don't, why are we not on time? I don't understand. I don't understand island time. I've, I've been hanging with white people. I, I'm, I'm on time, I don't know. I don't understand why we're not, how are we 15 minutes late and I woke you up three hours early? I don't understand. This is not the way it was supposed to be. The Lord was like, I want to keep that same energy. So I'm going from Tim and Juliet to Tim and Janice, a guy that is upon first blush, African-American, but the dude was born in Germany, first language is German. Daddy is African-American. Mama is from Sri Lanka. Then he married a white girl. So he could keep that same energy that this is the spirit of this house. In every change that has been made I see more of God. I am the Lord and I change it's not. He don't change but he makes sure, he ensures that we do or we'll never see him as well-rounded as we need to. So this is our change. This is our season. This is our day fresh anointing is coming our way. It's a new season coming to me. Everybody now sing. It's a new season. It's a new It's a new season coming to me. It's how you gonna get it. Just keep your hand open. Because I think he is ready to put something in your hand that you've been praying for. And you thought it was coming through this Tim. It's coming through that Tim. Again, it's a new season. It's a new day. Anointing It's a new day, fresh anointing. fresh anointing, way flowing my way, it's, flowing my way. Yeah. It's, a it's a season of power, and prosperity, and prosperity. Yeah. it's a new season, it's a new season, coming to me. All right, check this out. I felt this in the first service and I feel it in the second service, I want to pray for some people um, who have a hard time with change. It's not that you're resistant to it. It's not that you'll be uh, uh, rebellious to what the Lord tells you to do. And, I'm not, I'm, not, and I'm, I'm not just talking about the change that's happening here. I'm talking about in your life. You're, you're the type of person that's like, um, how many people, let me put it this way, let me ask a question. How many people would say, I'm kind of set in my ways? Thank you for your honesty. I love it. I, ooh, ooh, big energy. Big vulnerability energy. I love that. I just, I'm just kind of set in my ways. I'm, I, I am how I am. But what if how you am is hindering you for, from what could be? What if he wanted to give you something and it's on the, the other side of a door that looks super scary? I know what that feels like. When I left Potter's house, I remember getting my last check from the Potter's house and looking at it and going, okay, Lord, well, I guess I work for you now. I didn't know what was coming next. I didn't have a bunch of speaking engagements lined up. I, he told me to leave, and I'd leave, and everybody would ask me, what you about to do next? i said, I have no clue. This season that I'm in right now, Apostolic Missionary. I don't know what that means. <laughs> don't ask me. I heard the Lord say it, and it's in scripture. And I'm like, yeah, Apostolic Missionary. And everybody heard it, yeah, Apostolic Missionary. They're like, what you gonna be doing? I'm like, mm-mm, I am like i do not know. You gonna be traveling a lot? Mm-mm, nope. I don't feel called to go all around the world. I feel called to, to help like five, six churches. I don't even know what that looks like. I don't even know if that's feasible. But I'm gonna tell you what, before I disobey God, I'll sell my house and move into an apartment. I promise you I will. I ain't scared of nothing. I don't, I'm not trying to work out money. I'm not trying to, I, I'm not planning, mm-mm, mm-mm. I'm just obedient. I know what it is now to go through a door that you don't know what's on the other side. I don't know what's on the other side, but I know who is. I don't have to know what's on the other side. I know who is on the other side. Same one that's been with me all this time. So I want to pray for some people that are stuck in their ways. I know you said set. I changed it to stuck. Psych. I just want you to come from wherever you are. If you, I'm set in my ways and I need to, I just need to, I need a shift in that. This this can't be, I need to do something new. I don't even know how to do nothing new. I'm scared of new. I'm afraid of who I might turn into if I give God permission to do something new that I'm not used to. But however you feel that, wherever you feel that, I'm telling you, if you just open up to what God may want to do, He will do something exceedingly abundantly above anything that you could ask or think. So don't be afraid of change. Don't be afraid of new. You can be be concerned, but you can't be afraid. For God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. You have nothing to be afraid of, girl. Nothing to be afraid of. Everybody. And and since I seem to have a Ph.D. in transition, I just want you to repeat after me, follow this prayer and these words, and then you can make up your own as you continue to pray through this. Say, Lord, I place my faith in you. And with my hand open, with my hands open. I, give you I give you permission to remove anything that you no longer want to be there. And yes. I, give I give you full permission to place into my hands, into my hands. Anything, anything that you want to put there relationships, relationships. My, profession, my profession my emotions my, emotions. my physical body, my physical body. Whatever, you want me to change, whatever you want me to change I'm open to change, I'm open to change. Help, me help me to get out of, get out of. my own way, my own way. <laughs> I felt that thing right there. Jesus, for my brothers and sisters, your sons and daughters, I thank you for the vulnerability that has always been in this house, the sensitivity to the spirit that has always been in this house. I thank you to be doing life with such honest people. God, would you take all of us who may have some ways that we are set in, And would you just be the gentle jackhammer (laughs) that breaks up the cement that we have been so firmly planted in? Thank you, Holy Spirit. I hear some people saying, uh, 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 here's the words that you've been using to not change. I'm loyal. Yeah, loyalty is one thing. Obedience is something different. I refuse to be loyal at the expense of being obedient. I remember when I left Potter's House, some people had the nerve to say I was being disloyal. They just had the wrong definition of loyalty. I refuse to be more obedient to a man than I'll ever be to God. Point blank, period. So don't let loyalty be confused with obedience. I'm going to give you another thing that has hindered some of you all from changing. History. (laughs) You got a lot of history there. You got a lot of history with them, that person. But that don't mean... that things are not supposed to change. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: Some people in this room who uh, have considered divorce. And you don't need a change from your spouse. You just need a change from the dance you've been dancing with your spouse. But somebody's ego has to die. When we got married, I was like this. You're not going to change me. Well, I promise you, if you say that to them, you'll say that to God. Your spouse is your test. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So, Holy Spirit, we thank you for the changes that are coming to the ambassadors of this house. Thank you for the anointing and the grace that you have given all of us to move into this season for your power and for your purpose. Lord God, we submit and say, not our will, but thine be done. Thank you for giving us the example in Jesus that in the Garden of Gethsemane, he wanted a change too. It didn't come. So he accepted what was God's will for his life for all of us to stand here today. Thank you, Lord God, for the change that you have brought to this house and what it means for the future of Embassy City Church. And since we're still standing, let me just go ahead and dismiss. Lord Jesus, I thank you for my people who happen to be your people have now become Tim's people. I pray, Lord God, that as we leave this place, we do not leave your presence. Old school benediction, may the Lord watch between me and thee, while we are absent, one from another. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening today. If this message spoke to you in any way, please subscribe in your favorite podcast app and leave a review too. We would like to connect with you. For past messages, updates, and more, please visit embassycity.com. You can watch live on Sundays and view past messages on our YouTube
1: channel at youtube.com forward slash Church. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Embassy Urban. If you'd like to support more of what we're
0: doing, you can give online at embassycity.com or text embassycity.com all one word to 77977. We pray you have a great week. Thanks for listening today.